Hello, everyone. Jesus Christ. What the hell was that? (laughs) (laughs) I am going to leave that on there just for you. Hey, everybody. I'm not Brent. And I am not Alan. And together we make A-B testing. That's Alan Brent. Get it? Alan Brent, for those of you that haven't figured it out. Right. Because we haven't really talked about experimentation A-B testing, have we? No. So I was thinking on the way here we should have... um, uh, we should talk about that someday, but even more importantly, maybe there should be like a an A-B tester persona who's just like a total dick and gets on the internet and says funny things. No, maybe not. Sure. Oh, speaking I'm of- I'm like, why do we need the persona? We have the two of you're us. You're right. We have two of us already. <laughs> hey, um, I don't know if you follow uh, the <laughs> the uh, Swift on security on Twitter. No. Oh, it's hilarious. There's somebody with way too much free time and way too much computer knowledge tweeting as Taylor Swift <laughs> as, an I, as an IT and security specialist. They are great. How, does the, how do they do it as Taylor Swift? Like song quotes or something? or um, Sometimes. And sometimes lyrics rewritten. I mean, it's really easy to impersonate any, any uh, celebrity. Uh, on yeah, Twitter. <laughs> absolutely. No, and she is really adamant about saying, this is not a parody account. I am Taylor Swift. And I care about security. <laughs> and software in general. And there's this underlying theme in all of uh, her posts about end of times due to computer um, computers taking over the world. Yes. Uh, so as it's, as it's, we continue with the data science stuff, one of the things that I'll, I often tell my team is... We need to treat this very carefully so that our robot masters look look yeah. back upon us fondly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, just thought of that. Thought I'd bring that. Oh, up, and so. speaking of which, like Hololens. Oh yeah. I, I sign up. Have you tested that yet? No. I'm. I'm. I signed up to go do I, the. Are you gonna check it out? I am. Thursday, yeah, I think. That's gonna be cool. The only thing, I mean, obviously, we can't speculate too much, but I just hope the price point isn't too outrageous because it's gonna be pretty cool. I don't know. But I mean, you know, there's nothing like that out there. I have to hide it from my kids because if they find out Minecraft is available, you know, oh, oh, I already showed my kids. <laughs> no, my kids no. were like, "You're doomed. Really? You're doomed." And um, so, so You're Alan and I have friends. You have to buy three pair. Alan and I have the friends that work in that that group. We do. And I sent one of them um, a mail after I'd looked at the the YouTube uh, marketing uh, PR piece, and I said, "Dude." Does this thing even do half of what is on this video? And he's like, Brent, it does it all. And I'm like, dun, dun, dun. And then he said, this thing is absolutely going to change the world. And if, and it, it, if, if, if it does do anything close to that, I think it absolutely will. Yeah, I think it's just like when the first PCs came out. I think you know my hunch is, and again, don't. Go Mary Joe Foley quote me. My hunch is the price point is going to be a little high at first, just like PCs were at first. Like 3D printers. Like 3D printers. Yeah. Um, I, I read somewhere that, uh, as we go off on our ADD tangents, I read somewhere that the primary output from 3D printers are parts to fix your 3D printer. <laughs> <laughs> is that correct? I haven't actually. There's uh, a friend, one, another friend of ours. I don't know if you know Matt. Matt F. No, he, I don't. It's he's, not he, he's really cool. I work with him on the Xbox team. He's over on that team, and um, he has three three 3D printers. So I asked him, "So did you use the first one to print the next two? <laughs> yeah. But no, no. He he's just really into the technology. And uh, I haven't played with that. I really, really want to. 
my my son has actually gone through a class uh, last year. It was basically a, a whole semester long just on three printing or three D printing. He actually taught the instructor. It was a brand new class, and the instructor was like, "I don't know." <laughs> Here, here's the manual. <laughs> Good. We value people that can figure things out. Yeah. Hey, um, just for the heck of it, do you want to talk about software? Sure. Or people or something like, you know, relevant to our limited audience? Our, our topic? Um, <laughs> we don't have topics. Come on. <laughs> so the one we, thing... We, we have three words in two bullet points. Actually, there's three bullet points. One of them is blank. And we have three words in the... Uh, in the backlog today. So let's yeah. start with whatever whatever your first thing is that you wouldn't tell me about. Yeah, so um, Alan doesn't do this, but uh, I do. So on my on my blog, I often go in and I, I check the stats. I'm very interested in where people are coming from. It, it's the primary... Um, like country or attitude? Uh, website. Oh, okay. What, like, what what folks are linking to? I think my number one referring site is like Twitter. But you know what's fun? For Twitter, me? And Facebook. Nah, I don't do anything on Facebook. I'm, I'm thinking of just deleting my account. I never go there. I go there once in a while just to snark and yeah. and to look at what losers all my friends from high school are. Sorry if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Not you. The other people. Yeah, not you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then this link uh, showed up uh, just this week. I went back to see how people were linking to my site, and I found that the, the folks over at testbuffet.com have put together the top testing blog sites for 2014. And uh, my dear partner is number 10 on that list. I, He's I'm, looking at it I'm now. I'm so excited. I brought it up. I brought up testbuffet.com. Which you know these lists, you know I don't know how they come. I mean, they, I mean they're they're kind of ridiculous, right? He he actually has a criteria, although the criteria is essentially uh, says things about testing. Um, and uh, well, cool. Sadly, I should actually blog about testing. <laughs> actually, so I'm number I'm ranked seventy six in that list. You're on the list. I I am on the list. Uh, he believes, I think he said that there's a total of uh, like 200 testing blogs that he was able to find. Um, and it was interesting. Uh, you just you just made a, a snarky comment about, hey, maybe I should blog about testing what, sometime. What, me, snark? Yeah. Never. And it's interesting. We also talked about A-B testing. And I'm starting to view uh, not only the, the podcast, uh, but definitely my my blog as beginning to shift away from the testing concept and much more towards the quality concept. Yeah, mine has too, if you haven't noticed. You know, I, and yeah, we've talked about this before, so I'll, I'll shut up there. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a natural uh, progression as sort of we and the industry kind of change how we make quality software. I, will, I can pretty much guarantee I will blog more about testing. Um, so then what testing activities what you, then what what you said you'll blog more that means you have at least one more testing blog yeah, in you I, there are a lot or, there are the lots year. of testing activities that go into what i do what my team's doing what i care about i am giving uh did i tell you i'm going to star canada no i didn't even know there was such a thing yeah there's a star canada this year it's in vancouver oh and when? I'm gonna, uh june middle of june 
Interesting. So check it out. I'm going to give um, Lee. Uh, Lee asked if I give a keynote there. So and he saw my post, my last post about uh, how we test software at Microsoft. The and how oh, the book. we've changed a lot. And he goes. I think it'd be interesting to talk about some of the big changes that have happened over those six or seven years. So I'm going to do that. It's uh, going to be fun. And then he also asked if, he, if I would do a tutorial. And I thought, no, I don't want to do a tutorial because I don't really want to talk about. I do want to talk about some stuff. So there's a lot of And I couldn't figure out what to talk about. So this was my thought process over a week, all rolled into 20 seconds for you or yeah. the way I ramble 10 minutes. So but, you are going to do a tutorial? Yes, I am. On? Would you shut up and I'll tell you? Please do. Jeez. So I was thinking, well, I could talk about now. Oh, and I look at the other tutorials and I go, you know, I don't want to give a tutorial like these. I want to – and I really value the generalist, you know, and being yep. able to have a toolbox of things and cool things you can do. And I said, heck, yeah, that's what I'm going to give a tutorial on. And I am going to fly through – Stuff you don't know that you should know for a tester. I'm going to go through probably 45 minutes to an hour on security testing. I'm going to go through some ideas on performance testing. And then also a little bit of statistics because you can't really do perf testing without understanding how to apply mean, median, average, and a few other t- sorts of analysis you know, beyond there to figure out what's really going on. So I'll, I get, I'll get to put a little bit of – I'm not going to be so bold as to call it data science stuff, but a little bit of statistics for testers. Things testers should know about um, how variants. Ooh, interesting. So uh, again, a little hodgepodge. Data so, enhanced testing. I don't gee, don't don't put words <laughs> in my mouth because <laughs> I don't like your words. So anyway, I thought I could easily fill. I'll do like a half day thing, and uh, it'll give me room to be flexible because I for tutorials. If I'm going to be with you for four hours, I really can't can exactly what I'm going to say, but I'm going to give myself some rails to go on. I'm going to make sure I talk about these things and about this much time on each thing. And if we go off on some tangents, great. But the goal is people walk out of there going, you know, not knowing one thing pretty deeply, like you get in a typical tutorial, but walk out of there going, wow, I have like five things I can go do on my team and, and provide some value. And then as I get more interested, maybe there are things I want to dive deeper on and become that, that specialist in that area. That's my goal. So, Lee said it sounded great. I think I'm doing it. Unless something better comes along for Lee, and then he'll go, Alan, you're out. I think it's a good idea. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through. So, Alan's done these type of things in the past. Um, a lot of times, his testing tutorials. I've done a lot of dark things in my past. I, I've, I've never actually attended any of the stars, so I, I've never experienced the... Uh, or done the Alan Page testing experience. Oh, the Alan, yeah. It's actually going to be a ride at Disneyland, I'd like to announce. No, sorry, Disneyland is copyrighted. I can't say that, probably. But go on. But, yeah. yeah I, should go on. <laughs> I should do, I should I cannot say the thing I just said. Quit my job <laughs> and do a tour. Like, I'll go, I'll go to every city in the world and get a, like a, a hotel room that fits like six people, and we'll call it the Alan Page testing experience. Because I can't fill an arena, and I can't fill a conference room. But, but you could, could fill, probably fill probably a bathroom fill, in most hotels. I could probably fill a Motel 6, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the whole motel, like, you know, a room. Right. Small well, room, well, like I'll a closet. I'll sit around on the bed. I'll put the PowerPoint on the TV, and I'll, um, I don't know. <laughs> How do we get here? Test buffet. No, no. no. Are, are wait, wait. That? I'm not done on the other one. We don't even know where we are. <laughs> yeah, I did. Although, no. yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting that you're – 
So his typical, Alan's typical tutorial, as I understand them, were in the past much more related to a pure testing discipline. And I would say in a nutshell, it was kind of a, like testing 101. Mm, no. The only, actually, here's the how only, to think. Here's how to... The only tutorials I've done at a star before have been the... I did two Allen Page on testing, a.k.a. the Allen Page testing experience. And I... Uh, what did I do for those? I... Well, the first one, here's what I did. The first one, I just did total uh, lean lean coffee style. I took a bunch of questions. What do you guys want to talk about? Took, did that for about 10 minutes. Took a whole bunch of questions. I gave them a five-minute break while I organized them into buckets, and then that's what I talked about. Hmm. Then I got a bunch of – some feedback said this was great, and I love those people. And you got to take the good with the bad, and, and I don't – you know, I don't. I I read all the feedback and don't get too high for the highs or low for the lows. But some people said didn't really have any structure and he didn't follow the slides. I thought okay. So then I had to do this. I did the same thing. I can't remember which one was first. I think I did it at Star East first, and then I agreed to do two in a row. So I did it at Star West the next year. But what I did then was thinking tester testing audiences don't really change. So I looked at my groups of questions for what I did at Star East. And I made up some slides that kind of aligned that. And then... You, you grouped the questions and made up slides in five minutes? No, no, no. no. So I, I went through the thing at Star East. Star East is done. I look at the feedback. It says, some people say, great. Some people yep. say, no, structure, blah, blah, blah. So before Star West, I had six months. I used the output of how the Star East presentation uh, went to kind of make structure and slides for those that like those things. And then I did the same thing where I asked a bunch of questions at the beginning, grouped them. And I said, okay, I think I covered that in my presentation. And I went through my slides and we talked about that stuff. Worked out very well. Oh, interesting. It was the exact same presentation. I just, I just cheated a little bit and used the uh, data driven presentation. I used the data, the feedback data from my star East presentation to, manipulate the audience and to think I was magically prepared for their questions for Star West. So you did and there that. Was, and there was a lot of ad lib in there. Because I can, as you, you can tell from the babbling going on in this room, I can sit and talk about a subject and usually more interesting than, because than, the audience, honestly, is usually more interesting than Brent. But we do our best. Anyway, it was, it was fun. So um, if, if I had feelings, I am not doing that, that would have hurt. Thing. I'm actually preparing a full... Uh, a full new sort of smorgasbord, which is like a buffet. I'm going to call it a buffet. I'm preparing, preparing a buffet of cool tools for testers, not just like tool tools, but you know, like, you know, here's what a here's how to do SQL injection. Here's how, here's how to get a free book from um, uh, your mom and pop website. That kind of stuff. So tools and techniques. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, star. How do we get there? Well, I don't know. Rewind a little bit. Sprinkling out, in data stuff. Figure out what you're talking about. Yeah, some data stuff, yeah. Um, wow. Uh, a little plug there. Plug It, it might be interesting. So let, let's, let's sync up. I don't know if, if, if this is something that's viable, but um, do you think there would be some advantage in doing a, a podcast up there? Uh, Why, are you thinking of going up? It's not that far of a drive, and and I have six months to plan. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, 
In fact, even if you're not there, I'd be, if any listeners are going there and Brenton can't make it, or even if you can, maybe we should just, uh, yeah, we should think about that. And I'm thinking, sorry, my head is going three different directions as it usually does. But yeah, if you're there, we should do a podcast right there in the freaking lobby. And because uh, I'm not going to your hotel room. And <laughs> that is not where the Alan Page testing experience happens. But it'd be fun to, uh, if somebody wanted to get on the show, get a little, yep. plug their own stuff, talk about what's going on, ask us some questions and see what kind of stuff I know, it seems like an obvious place for a mailbag. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Mailbag for the mailbag. Anyway, guys, we, we will. Uh, that, that's an interesting possibility. We we will work those details and 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 uh, get back to you. Do you want to go on to topic two? No, no. Um, you got me thinking about how you bring people to your site. So I brought up my stats. And yesterday there were three search terms that brought people to my website. Those were, and this is we're not going to talk about these. One is dichotomous key for dummies. I don't even know what that means. Alan Page testing. I think they knew what they were looking for. And then I'm not sure if I helped with this or not, but the search for false negative at Microsoft job interview. Uh, I don't know how to look. I don't know how to look back farther. Otherwise, I'd look for some really cool you, you ones. Click that Cause, link because once in a while, as you guys with blogs know. Uh, you get some just awesome uh, search terms. So I'm going to look over 30 days, and then we're going to get back onto the next topic. Only because this is fun, and I, this is totally unprepared. I don't know what to see. Um, I'm going to skip the ones that seem obvious. I'm Hey, thank you for all you that search for Alan Page testing, because you're finding my blog, apparently. Um, oh, somebody searched for Alan, in, in parentheses, the weasel. <laughs> That's funny. I do that um, search. Tear down the wall, Hillsong United. Probably not what they're looking for. Hey, Brent. Someone looked for Brent Microsoft blog testing and found me. Sorry about that. I stole one of your searches. <laughs> they probably found me through you. All right. Anyway, nothing nothing too weird in there. Once in a while, you get a really crazy one, but uh, I don't really see any trippy ones to share. In fact, I should probably do this offline and find the good ones and and no, actually, I'll get bored. I'll never do it again. All right. The the referrals the the referrer sites is the one I find the most fascinating. Yeah, I I don't really have time for any of it to be fascinating. Um, when will the 2013 2014 Australia pool finish? And they got to my site. I'm hoping they used Google for that one, <laughs> because if Bing brought me there, that's, that's I got to talk to the yeah. Okay, I'm closing that site. Let's move on. Test the f- oh, one more thing about Test Buffet. That's interesting. You, that list is there. I got some mail from the guys over at Apple Tools. At what? Apple Tools? Yeah. They, um, they gave like me. Like Apple L Tools? No, A-P-P-L-I Tools. Okay. Um, they make a pretty cool. It's, I'm not a big fan of record playback, but theirs is actually pretty good for, for what it is. I got, I got a demo online. I thought it was, it was pretty neat. It was, if I was ever into that stuff, I would use that. It has some interesting uh, uh, features that, that gets rid of a lot of the things I hate about record and playback, um, although it's still record and playback. Are you talking about record and playback automation? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, they are, uh, they're going to publish a blog post with a list of the top. And this is the guy that wrote a book um, sort of – well, I didn't – I took, made a book from a series of blog posts about 
you know, all the things wrong with automation, kind of. Yeah. And yet, they're, on February 18th, they're going to publish a blog post with a list of the top 15 thought leaders in test automation. And they're one that was okay if they could include me on that. I was on that list. Is it okay to include you? And I want to say, well, it depends who else is on the list. But no, I'm going to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and what's my ranking? Yeah, I do <laughs> well, I hope they go alphabetical by first name. I know I, I bought one of those books and I advertised it on my uh, on my uh, blog post. All right. So can we move on? Yes, let's move on. Is, now, is this a mailbag item? No. No. Okay. No, no. Then I I won't do the song for you. No reverb this week. Yeah, the, it, we didn't do our research this morning. Sorry, guys. No, we Brent. This has been carefully researched. I spent six hours last night and the researching day, this, and probably twenty-eight hours the day before, putting in the preparation and research for this show. So don't don't now the, there was don't try and sandbag and let them and let them think that we are not ultimately prepared for everything we do. So the the next the next topic item on on the list today, uh, I actually think did come from mailbag. Mailbag. <laughs> But I no longer remember enough of the email to really uh, give the person the right credit and, and move forward. The, the topic, so it's kind of uh, related to uh, my most recent blog post. That's, that's how I'm thinking of it. Um, we've gone through a transition around getting to combine engineering. We're by no means done. Uh, but combined engineering and most of that concept is is viewed as incorporating test into the development practice. Um, we're also uh, on the way of flattening the org. Um, Yay! I was uh, at a meetup last week at um, an external company, and it seems they're kind of following the same practice. Uh, I don't know if they're taking their their leadership from from Microsoft or if it's just a phenomenon that's actually starting to go th- everywhere yeah I yeah I, I I've seen it everywhere so I don't know if I don't I really don't think they're following Microsoft because uh, it's happening I know my, this is an area where Microsoft's really following a lot of other companies so it's really weird to say them no, following it's it's Microsoft. it's kind of circular I know up here in the Seattle area a lot of the companies for example Amazon um, they took our review process from 15 years ago, and that's what they do. Yeah, that's too bad. It is. And yet they still managed to succeed. So way to go, Amazon. Um, the, it depends on your – what's your def- – well, I was going to say it depends on your definition of success. I don't want to go off on an Amazon tangent forever, so uh, I'll let you finish. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to let you finish. Um, <laughs> as you know, I really don't like the term combined engineering. I do I, know that. But I hear teams use the word, the phrase, unified engineering, which doesn't grate on me as much. Just FYI. Go on. Okay. Anyway, in all of these transitions, um, PM has essentially been left untouched. And PM is program management at Microsoft. We yeah. Call, we call them program managers, which is funny because they don't often program and they don't often manage. They're very rarely managers. Hmm. Uh, in general, uh, from my experience, you'll see uh, P- 
PM supporting an engineering team roughly at the rate of um, two to three PMs per manager of an engineering team. So the PMs themselves are often viewed as having the same sort of scope of influence as a, as a manager of an engineering team, um, but they are not managers. So let's talk about, um, just for context for people that don't work at Microsoft, sort of maybe the traditional role of a PM at Microsoft. What do, what do, what if PMs, what do they do traditionally? Not now as we transition, but traditionally, what's their role? Uh, I've seen PMs go into two distinct phases. When I first started here the first decade, I would say they were highly technical. Um, it was very common for the PMs to own, for example, the API definition, uh, documenting the requirements, and then handing off to uh, engineering to execute those. That's very waterfallish. It right? was, but that's what it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Nowadays, I actually, most of the PMs are, um, there's a PM, a, a GPM I worked with um, years ago that he described PMs as essentially the guys who do all the crap that engineering doesn't want to do. Uh, and, and that's a bad definition. It it it, it is, but it's not. It, it, I mean, it's not an honorable definition, but it's not inappropriate. What you see PMs nowadays mostly are doing schedule driving, um, uh, setting up meetings, owning communications. Yeah, um, but the technical aspects uh, not as strong as they so were the first that, decade. That's- that's not entirely true. That may be a little bit of sample bias. Look it up. Maybe. On your part. Because um, uh, Birkin's book, which has since been renamed, but Scott Birkin used to work at Microsoft. He wrote a book called The Art of Project Management, yeah. which was modeled a lot after what PMs were doing then. He left Microsoft at least 10 years ago, if not 15. So what's your, so so what's what, your what subjective describe, bias which, on this By topic? the way, I don't care what your role is. If you care about, you know, any sort of influence or how to uh, make things happen. Actually, the book has been retitled. As, it's, called, it's called Making Things Happen Now. Okay. It's the same book with a little bit of edits and things. But it's a great book on how to manage a project, whether it's a, a scrum team or a, or a virtual team, Brent, um, or any sort of thing we have to organize people and get them to work together. So I think for a long time, um, and PM sort of a catch-all for people that aren't, you know, diving in the code every day sometimes. So, but I think for a long time, some PMs, uh, their job has been to make sure to manage communication between yep. dev and test and customer and marketing, et cetera. To be that liaison, uh, schedules. Yep. Uh, getting, making sure the right people are in a room when you need when you need to have a discussion in a room to figure something out. Um, sort of all that sort of overhead that helps the team work together to make software. And you can see where that's leading, right? That, that's the, that's the posit- positive spin on what I just said. So I, I don't disagree. Don't be a negative Nancy. <laughs> so let me go ahead. And I, I led there, so I'm going to start and let you jump in. But you can see if that's been the traditional role of program management, what that kind of means now. Because if we have a unified engineering team, and again, there are generalizing specialists. Not everybody's doing the same thing. There are people that are doing more testing than more testing activities than development activities. Some people are doing more development activities than testing activities. But mm-hmm. the right thing happens, and they have the right 
stand-ups for communication so they know what's going on, they know what the roadblocks are between them. A lot of those traditional program management jobs are now handled by the team. There's no reason to be a liaison between dev and test because there is no dev and test. There's an engineering team. Yep. Uh, as far as schedule goes, teams are working off back, prioritizing backlogs. And you may need someone, a traditional program manager to help, you know, to either to be the product owner or to handle with the organization of, of grooming the product backlog, some things like that. Sometimes a team may handle that. A traditional PM, it's often a very good role for them. But you certainly don't need as many, I think. You don't. And even on the, the backlog grooming, I think initially you'll see uh, PMs take on the, the PO role. But as we see uh, the data coming in and as we ship more frequently, uh, and uh, Alan is messing with my mic. Yeah, I like how Brent like, uh, puts the mic in front of him then looks at me and talks. It's really creative. Um, you know, okay. they, they talk about people talking out the side of their mouth, but it's really not possible. <laughs> The trying to put myself out of the weeds. Um, so PMs will take on the PO role uh, for for do the prioritization. But as people get more accustomed of of doing MVPs, uh, continuous deployment, as well as light up a, a solid uh, feedback stream from the telemetry, I even think we'll see. Uh, PMs as the the PO role kind of disappearing. It, it's not necessarily going to be about um, what are the next tweaks that we need to enhance, mm-hmm. right? I, I think the engine itself will be able to optimize the, the the current local product. The thing I think that will be missing, actually, what do you think will be missing? What will be the role? Let's imagine the world where. The dev team has communication. Collaboration has gone up. They've actually gotten accustomed to uh, a lack of command and control. So, so they're doing what's right versus what management tells them to do. Hopefully, those two are aligned. Um, much more empowered. There, there'll be some weakness in terms of like cross-team dependencies. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. I think a couple of gaps, or what I was thinking of going, um, the obvious gaps to me are... Everybody talks about scaling Agile, and there's uh, things like Safe, which are uh, Brent's gone through training on that. I am the first certified uh, Safe professional for Microsoft. That's great. It's cool. but whether you use Safe or not or something, I think there's a big challenge when you have companies as huge as Microsoft and, and product teams. You know, I tell people I work on a, a relatively small team at Microsoft. It's 200 people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there is definitely room for people to make sure uh, coordination happens, unless you're on dependencies between teams, teams working together yep. to make those things happen. That's a great role for that big systems thinker P and make sure the right pieces are happening and getting that communication going. Uh, I think we don't really have very many uh, technical assistants at Microsoft anymore and definitely not at levels lower than uh, some of the VPs or presidents. I'm not certain. So I'm not had, used to that title. We've had technical assistants in the past. Bill Gates used to have a couple. Um, when oh. I was in engineering excellence, I interviewed three of them, three different teams. And basically what they did was they made sure what anytime there was any sort of uh, roll-up to executives, uh, that their job 
to not waste executive's time was to go talk with each of the teams that was presenting and making sure they had their ducks in a row. And, you know, last time he gave you feedback that said to do A, B, and C. So let's make sure you get those done before you come back. Otherwise, it's going to get mad, you know, sort of that grooming there. And I think um, that sort of role uh, is obviously valuable for an executive. But even as you're communicating up the chain, uh, sort of that person to coordinate, like uh, the coordinator of coordinators almost. So um, I was just thinking about TAs yesterday and, and mm. how uh, one of the VPs in my chain, um, actually the only VP in my chain, uh, now now I've given that away, uh, could sure use that because there's a lot of chaos, I think, in what he hears from his team. And someone needs to kind of organize that. And then I, So then I was thinking as you were talking there, it's like that sort of role, and really these are all coordinator roles I'm talking about or sort of the future of PM, but we – that's something that needs to happen. And I, I guess that needs to happen today, let alone in the future. But I think uh, I do see a lot of value in people that can do that. And that's not typically someone who's come up through uh, development or testing. You need somebody who is that can figure out, get, you know, get to the, the crux of the issue, ask the right question, get the right people in the room and get the right the conversations happening so as to not waste people's time. I agree with that. The other thing, that, good. The other thing that I thought you were going to go to, no, is a is a a role I foresee in the future for for program management, where, so now we have all these sort of disjoint um, teams, empowered teams. Command and control isn't really as strong as it is today. Um. And one of the principles around empowering a small team is you basically are trying to push decision-making down to the people who have the best information available. Yes. And that's – let's it, pause there because that's important. It is. We both know leaders who insist on being involved in decisions way below where they should be. I believe yeah. that decisions should be made at the, as close to the product as possible. So, all right. That was a repeat. Go on. Sorry. Yes. So – if you have these empowered teams and you have basically little tribes in a large org, let's imagine your your 200 person org, right? Um it's somehow split into, you know, 18 to 20 little teams of 10 or maybe even sure. 10 teams of 20, right? So the coordination becomes critical, but if you do it in the command and control model, that's going to be less than optimal. You want to empower these guys. So how do you do that? I actually think it's the PM role that will fill in that blank. That um, more from a business aspect, as you just got through saying, like one of the biggest things that ends up being lacking is where to go next. How, how to take our current assets and build a better business. I actually think that's where PM is going to end up going. So more... A business focused, business focused more, at a granular actually, level, more business focused, and then I, I believe that we still need coordination, but at a much higher level than the providing. And today. I think we'll have we'll have a couple of coordinators. We I, I think that's probably where the release manager type role will probably yeah, migrate I think there's to. Other things too. I think there's a definite skill there. There is a talent. Um, it almost goes back to you know that I don't want to say project management, but I, I, I'm reflecting on uh, – I've read Making Things Happen um, a couple times now, probably three or four times actually because it's, it's actually – it's really good even if you're not a PM. And some of those things – I should go highlight which chapters I think are really relevant in the future because some of those, those core issues are 
going to be important in the future of PM at Microsoft. I agree. Do you, do you agree with my point in terms of these guys being the 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 business owners? Yeah, yeah but as but much, not, as, I, but much a, as I hate to dis, to agree with you, yeah, I think that's important. I think I agree with you. But that. in a different aspect, I don't think these are going to be the guys that are triaging bugs. No, I don't want them there. They are going to be the guys. Too many people in the room already. Looking at the market, looking at our current technical assets and saying, hey, I think there's an opportunity here. Let's let's call, cobble up an experiment or a prototype, release it out to that market and see what comes back. Now, let me ask you, with the current PMs in our, in, in our organization. I don't want to answer this question. <laughs> how, many, how many of them do you think are going to make either of these two bars that we just laid out? So I don't, I don't think any PMs listen to our podcast. No, no, we're just... And actually, I don't think any PMs at Microsoft listen to any tech or software podcasts. But here's one... Email, email me if, if, if I'm wrong. No, here's one thing to be aware of, though. Um, Jin Sung yeah. took my blog post about PM and sent it to the Yammer group PMs at Microsoft. That's... Oh, I have to go look at that group. <laughs> Yammer, the big echo chamber of Microsoft. Yep. So... I thought about this uh, before. I think there's a couple factors here. Hold on. So I understand why you're cautious. I'm not. But ca- but think of it as we care about our brothers in the PM org, and this is how we can help differentiate those who actually listen to us to be in the the right place. So this is what I would say to anyone you know uh, in PM or thinking of PM. So I'm not going to be too cautious. I think it's I'm going to be frank. Uh, definitely we're going to need fewer PMs in the future than we have now. For sure. That, 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 I think that's a given. If you disagree with that, please think again. I think of the current PM population. And, and just to be clear, I actually think it'll be much fewer. So of the current population, there are yeah. a chunk. We do have some that would work fit in just fine on an engineering team mm-hmm. doing uh, some of the design stuff, some of the, you know, the, you know as a regular you know, software engineer, not a PO, but just jump right in. We have, we have some of those around. We have some PMs. We have a PM on our team who's fantastic at data science stuff. So I'll put it, you know, that's, that would fit right on the engineering team. They have, um, we have other PMs. I don't know what percentage. We have some PMs who get that business focus. Um, a lot aren't though. As I think through, I'm just thinking through not just my current team, but the PMs I've worked with over the last five years or so, and a lot of them are feature focused. Feature focus, um, Gantt chart monkeys. Yeah. So boy, boy, I think, I think a small chunk can fit in. Another small chunk will will adapt to the the changing role of what PMs will do at Microsoft. And then that other chunk, I, I'm a little lost. I don't, you know, I don't want to say fear for your necessarily say fear for your job or anything, but I'll put it this way instead. If you're a PM and you don't, you don't get what your role would be as a coordinator among agile teams, or you don't get, or, or you're not interested in relating what your team is doing to the world and having a business strategy 
or I guess that's it. If if you're not on board with those things, or if you don't think that your skills transfer to what engineering teams are doing or will be doing in the short term, those are skills you're going to want to ramp up on in order to continue to be valuable at Microsoft. Yeah. There's one other aspect that I've noticed in a couple of teams, and I wonder if this will turn into a tipping point and have it be common. I see design teams, which have generally been rather small at the, the company, beginning to strengthen and bolster. Uh, and I, I wonder if we'll see uh, many more people shifting yeah. over to the design aspect um, in, in CPMs. Maybe. I just thought of something else there. when you said design is that one reason to keep a few more PMs and one other role there is I would really like to go ape shit crazy on experimentation across our entire product lines. Yeah. There, there's our reference to A-B testing. But, but I think that's a great thing for PMs to figure out, to design and drive and figure out, okay, we're going to do this treatment and this treatment and this is what we're going to expect from that. And, you can, and then the people can do the work. The, um, I don't think your typical dev and test are great at figuring out what those treatments are for an experiment. No. So that's something, you know, that's a great... Uh, but I know that's a great role that someone needs to do. And I want to go just, like I said, just crazy trying things out. I love experiments. I love them, love them, love them. Um, we should uh, definitely use some of our resources to invest in that in the future. In, in my team, uh, I've been very deeply engaged with, with my design team on this same space. They're all about hypothesis testing. They generate a series of different hypotheses and a different set of experiments. Um, and there's actually two problems. Number one, the technical assets aren't there yet. And, and partially, a lot of, a lot of orgs are, are having challenges towards shifting up and building those technical assets to light up experimentation. Um, and the other thing, too, is they have a sense that there are so many hypotheses that are important for them to test um, and, and generate that they even are, are short on, on people in terms of thinking through these, these aspects. So they're not, they're not able to scale from a people front and from a technical front. Yeah. But they have the process aligned of what they want to execute on. Yeah, and I wonder, and this is a good topic to ponder but talked about pms but really for anyone if you need to look at where engine it's pretty easy if you're at microsoft or whatever company you're at how are we doing engineering today and predicting the future is hard but you have an idea what it's gonna look like maybe six months or a year what direction we're going in and am i think to yourself are my how valuable are my skills going to be in that model and either if, if you're lacking things, great opportunity to learn. Yep. This is really true for anyone. Everybody, everybody, you need to be adapt. I think to be successful in software or actually to be successful in any knowledge work, you need to be adaptable and willing to learn new things. Yeah. There's only – so you just said they need to look at what direction they're going. I'm going to clarify that because I don't think it's the direction that matters as much but the goal that we're trying to achieve. And we've talked about this over and over again. The, the goal – is amping up the speed to building a solid, stable business. And uh, I think PMs can play a very valuable role there, but they need to understand that's the goal and make sure that their direction is intended when that goal is achievable 
that they're already prepared. Right. The I think one of the competition is we're going to find. Uh, so I've gone back to school. I know that academia is actually teaching kids um, this sort of skill set. So there's a lot of college hires coming in. Uh, they're going to be already 50 percent the way there. Yeah. Be cool. Yeah. All right, man. We're out of time. We are. So uh, I'm still Alan. I am Brent as well. <laughs> all right uh and this was by the way episode 17 yeah prime number we're very good Woohoo! all right all right yeah. thanks guys see you later bye